You are listening to the Local Hearted Podcast, episode number 15, with painter and quilter Mary Phyllis. Welcome to the Local Hearted Podcast. I'm Meredith Adler, and I am your host. Join me as we get to know the people who create the wide variety of art in Asheville and in the mountain counties of Western North Carolina. We'll also talk with some of the people who create opportunities for our local artists and help them shine. Hi, this is Meredith, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the show. I do have a few event announcements before we get to this week's interview. Tim Barnwell, who is featured in Local Hearted Podcast, episode number 11, has a workshop coming up on keeping your digital files organized. The workshop will be held on Saturday, January 28th, from 1 to 4.30 at his studio in Asheville, North Carolina and we are in the year 2017. You can register for his workshop at barnwellphoto.com. Skip Brody, who's going to be featured in a future episode of the Local Hearted Podcast, has a portrait drawing workshop coming up Saturday and Sunday, February 4th and 5th, 2017, from 12 to 4 p.m. Contact information is available on his website, at skiprody.com. I'm going to spell that out. It's S-K-I-P-R-O-H-D-E dot com. Sherry Howe has a show opening for her paintings at the Woolworth Walk on Friday, February 3rd. The show runs from February 1st through 27th, 2017. And Joseph Pearson, who was featured in Local Hearted Podcast, episode number 14, has opened his show at Mars Hill University featuring his figurescapes and figures, and the show runs until February 10th. I attended the opening, and it is well worth stopping in to see that show. Hope you can make it. Okay, on to this week's guest. My guest this week is painter and quilter Mary Phyllis, who lives in Marshall, North Carolina. She attended art school Cooper Union College in New York City, and upon graduation, Mary and her husband shared studio space in the same New York City neighborhood as some of the rising stars of the abstract expressionist movement. Life happened, and after many adventures and years of motherhood, Mary is finally returning to her art in her retirement years. I will let Mary tell her own story, though as it is too good to spoil by giving you many of the details here. This is another one of the original interviews I conducted. In fact, this one was never intended for release. We had this conversation recorded purely for practice for me when I was first conceiving of the idea of Local Hearted. Mary is a close neighbor of mine, so one day in January 2016, when we were both stormed in on the same hill, 
she agreed for me to come over and pass some of that snowy day by chatting about her art. I learned an awful lot about my neighbor that day. And months later, when I listened to the recording, I realized how much I really loved this interview, and then I sought Mary's permission to air it. She did mention some really personal things in the interview, so I was a little bit concerned about that. So I brought the recording over to her house, and we listened together to make sure she was really okay with going live with the story. We took out very little of the interview, actually, and Mary has graciously agreed for me to release the show. Her only concern, actually, is that she isn't quite sure she fits in with the company of the other great artists who have been guests on the Local Hearted podcast. I personally have no doubt you will find Mary's story every bit as compelling as some of the more well-known artists I have talked to. I know I did. Highlights of this interview include why Mary stopped painting and for how many years? which art form Mary used to satisfy her need for creating with color during the period she wasn't painting. I loved hearing Mary discuss her training and her influences and what purpose her art serves in her life right now. And Mary tells a great story of a woman in Colombia who showed how much she valued her own work when Mary's husband tried to purchase a hand-woven poncho from her. It is my tremendous pleasure to introduce to you, Mary Phyllis. Mary, thank you for joining me today. You're very welcome. I appreciate your being here to share your background and your interests with us. So I'm really interested to know, when did you first get started with art? I'd say it was in the third grade when the teacher liked something I colored and put it on the door of the classroom, and uh, I was pleased to think I was an artist. I just did that from then on. So from that point on, you felt good about doing your drawings? I think I had an identity. Uh-huh. Yeah. How oh, nice. Way back. Way back. And when did you start painting? Well, came Christmas. I would paint nativity scenes on the windows of my house and I found out later my sisters were very jealous that I was the only one that was allowed uh -huh. to do that but um, yeah I did that every Christmas from probably I don't know 10 years on 10 years old on so that is back when you were a child you were what kind of paint were you using to do that oh poster paint oh. just water-based paint so it would wash right off yeah. when you were done? Yeah. And how did you get the idea to do that? I don't know. Maybe stained glass windows. I went. Um, was raised Catholic. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. You know, so maybe. maybe that. Yeah. Okay. And then when did that translate to starting to do works on canvas or paper? Well, in high school, I talked my dad into um, signing me up for the draw me thing, you know, on the back of matchbooks. I, I told him I would not have to go to college because I would be an artist and I would make money. So he did that. And then, of course, when high school was over, I wanted to go to college and major in art. I got soon got tired of the Draw Me uh. projects and stuff. So I went to uh, um, Marywood College in Pennsylvania, a Catholic college, majored in art, and... Uh, 
oh my gosh, it was a convent prison. I was freaked out. And my dad sent me a newspaper about Cooper Union, a free art school in New York for art and engineering. And my art teacher, a big nun, her name was Sister Dionysius, and she encouraged me to go take the tests. So I um, said I was going to visit a, a, a friend's parents in New York City, and I went off two week, weekends and did the tests and passed. And Sister Dionysius and um, my mother's priest confessor talked her into letting me go to New York City and go to Cooper Union. Oh, and, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, and there I decided to be a fine artist instead of a commercial artist. And so what was your education like? Oh, it was wonderful. It was art, artist teaching, painting, drawing, um, sculpture, 3D, calligraphy, I mean, real living artists and museums full of paintings. Oh, it was wonderful. Very liberating. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm trying to understand more about what kind of uh, art they were teaching. Like, did you learn the basic, the fundamentals, as they say these days, of color, line, drawing, perspective, or some people went to school back when expressionism was the thing and they didn't learn any of the fundamentals. So I'm just wondering, well, what were you learning back then? We had architecture for you know, rendering, um, that sort of thing, but what caught me was the, the, um, the painting and the drawing, the, um, the recognition of negative spaces and uh -huh. Um, my painting teacher, who I, he's still painting, I think, he was a student of de Kooning, and his paintings were reflective of that. And I love the freedom of that, the color and the excitement of the total space. And um, just finding color through using it. But <laughs> there wasn't the classical training in rendering art as photography, a, a replication of representational. I mean, they all knew that photography took care of all that, and there was more to uh, art than just what the eye could pick up like a camera. Uh-huh, right. So where did you take your art? Well, I, um, where did I take my art? got married the second year of school, got pregnant. My husband was also a student, Cooper Union. He was really, he was a Fra Franz Klein. He uh -huh. could paint. Uh, he, he used black and white. We had a studio in downtown on Pearl Street in the financial district with skylights. It was gorgeous. F um, $40 a month. <laughs> <laughs> right, our neighbors were Jasper Johns and uh, Rauschenberg. Um, they were just getting sold and famous. And try, I, I forget the question. <laughs> I get caught up in. 
I'm wondering what you did with your art. We, I painted. Mm-hmm. I painted. Um, had a baby. Kept painting just for ourselves. I mean, we didn't try to get in, in any um, uh, galleries or anything. I don't believe in New York. We had a second baby, and we realized we didn't want to be in the art scene in uh, New York City. We moved out west to Seattle, and my husband went to he went to work for Boeing, and then he decided to go back to school. We were still painting, and then um, let's see, we moved to San Francisco. Lived in Oakland, had another baby. I was still painting, setting up still lives, and um, painting from life but very abstracting. And uh, and then I realized with three kids, I better not, I better tend to my children. And so I didn't paint again um, until about four years ago. And are you willing to talk about how long ago, how much of a time span that was? Yeah. That would be possibly giving away your 50, age. 50, well, let's see. <laughs> I quit at age 27, 25 maybe, and didn't pick it up till I was 70, 55 years. So for the past 55 years, I've been making quilts. That's how I satisfy that um, need ah. to to put color together, make pictures, or just... Um, I don't know, just compositions, mostly traditional patterns of quilts, but using color. I love scrap quilts. Uh huh. And your use of color is amazing, and the compositions that I've seen you come up with that are, I don't think they're traditional, the mountain scenes that you no, do. No, after, yeah, no, in the last, what, 10 years, I started doing, um, Fabric scapes, landscapes, uh-huh. and in small, still do that. Very therapeutic uh-huh. <laughs> and very beautiful. And there will be examples on the we- on the website of the oh. podcast for people to look at. I'll make sure that we get some of those up there. Hmm. So you were twenty five. You were in San Francisco. You had uh-huh. three children. Three children. Right. Actually living in Oakland. Oakland at that time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you took care of your children and you did your quilting. Mm Mm-hmm. Moved around. We were hippies by then. Lived on a commune in New Mexico and left that to, um, left the commune with another husband. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we went to South America. We were going to be farmers and weavers, but um, with the no money, we could we couldn't make it. We didn't even speak Spanish well. So, how long did you stay there? We were just there, maybe six months. Ran out of money. Decided to come back to America. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on our way back from, we flew from. Columbia to Florida. Let's see. Actually, on our way to South America, we stopped 
in Madison County to see some friends we had met in Colorado when we lived, lived there. And when we came back from um, Ecuador and Colombia, we were asked to come to Madison County, help them build a house. So we came, and we've been here ever since. And you're talking about Madison County, Madison North Carolina. Madison County, North Carolina, yeah. Where we sit. That was 73, 1973. Wow. Yeah. How many children did you have at that point? Let's see, at that point, we'd had a baby in South America. We'd had one in Colorado. So we arrived here with five children. And then we lost the baby in an accident while we were in the month after we got here. And um, then we had, let's see, Zeke, Gus, Jasper, and Jemima. Four more children here. And let's sum that up for people so they, <laughs> so that was they know why nine. it took you 50 years to get <laughs> right. back to your art. How nine, many children? <laughs> nine babies and nine kids. Um, the oldest was 22 when the youngest was born. Ah. So that was kind of like, yeah, my life work there. Right. So this is just icing on the cake, getting to get back to painting. And... Um, and not what? having the responsibilities of raising kids and grandkids. That it's, was a long spread where yeah. you did have all that responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you managed to sew during that time. Well, that was my escape <laughs> in a way, you know, my private time in a, in a really small house, a three-room house. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible life. Yeah, and the kids liked to see me sew. They knew I was making them stuff, quilts oh. and things. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's let's talk about the painting you're doing now because your painting has a purpose. What you're doing now, from what I've seen and what you've told me, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's just it's. Um, I've been painting my children and grandchildren, doing portraits. I wanted mm -hmm. to learn how to paint representationally, and. Um, I don't know if I had the patience for that. That would take me another 10 years to, if I pursued it, you know, those traditional portraits. So I keep finding abstract expressionism creeping in <laughs> and that freedom of, um, I love the Fauves and their portraits. Uh -huh. And I find it maybe not that important to do a photographic image. Right. It's certainly not what you're doing. They're very <laughs> no. effective. Um, yeah, I th it, it, it just, I don't have the patience to learn that, you know, that classical technique. Although when, when something sneaks in like that, I love it. But, um, I want this, you know, the spirit of the, the portraits to, that satisfies me. So actually they're more, more like sketches and I don't expect to, you know, show them publicly, really. They're for my family. But I'm painting with a couple of friends who've encouraged me to do um, landscapes. Mm -hmm. Might try plein, plein air sometime. Oh. But um, I love um, Bonard and Vuillard. They're 
people in interiors. Mm-hmm. Matisse, you know, the Impressionistic. Oh, yes. I love that. So I'm really just um, practicing learning how to paint, learning how to use paint. I haven't seen any of your landscapes. I didn't know you I were just painting landscapes. That. Okay, no wonder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just. Hmm. Okay, I'll show you so, one. Okay, yeah, show me one. Don't go too far. No, attached. it's right here. <laughs> it's, it's We're attached pretty, with it's microphones. It's pretty bad, but... No. <laughs> it's, oh, um, wow. Is this it's oil? the only one. Yeah, oil on paper. Wonderful. It reminds me of your quilts. Yeah. Yeah, the same style. Yeah. Because you can't get away from that, your personal style. A lot of energy in your work. Well, I've been inspired with your... Um, <laughs> Small paintings and the calendar you gave me, the use of the light and the shadows. Oh. And, um. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm pleased when I see something like that in my work. Wonderful. Well, we may have to go out and paint together. <laughs> may have to do it. Yeah, what a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I saw a David Hockney, um, documentary on him. Probably, I think he was in the 60s. But in the, in every season, in the, um, in England, in the countryside, oh, doing paintings. Gorgeous. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I guess if we want to do winter, we should get out there today, huh? I know. <laughs> I'm not going to. Not I'm not either. that, I'm not that, um, passionate about having to do. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with photographs right now. <laughs> right. I like being warm. You're getting your start, and right now you're a studio painter. Yeah. So I'm curious about the portraits that you have of your family. Are you um, showing them to them? Do they see what you've done? Yeah, and it's fun when they come here and guess who it is. (laughs) The brothers all have such a similarity that they they can mix them up. And um, if I really like something, and there's been a couple or a few, I'll send them to them. Because I have, um, I can take a photo of it, and I have a small space here, and I have studies, you know, I usually make three. Uh And some that third I still don't care much for, so So I still have them. They stay. Yeah, and so, but some of the sketches I still have up. Those three of Jemima are weird, aren't they? I mean, they look like they could be three different people. So that's what surprises me, how sometimes I think I get better, but sometimes I think I just paint different people <laughs> from the same, um, from the same I subject. I guess as I look at your wall, Jemima might be the only one up there that I am personally acquainted with, that I know personally. Yeah. Um, unless yeah. that is Zeke, but I know Zeke and his brothers look alike. Yeah, that's not, that's, that's Jasper. Not okay. <laughs> um, I see Jemima in all of them, but I also do see what you mean that they're different. But again, you said you're not trying to make a realistic, you're trying to capture a spirit. Yeah. I want to make it as realistic as, po- as possible. I, I still kind of want to do that, but I don't have the skills yet to to pull that off sometimes it happens but it's 
Jamama's hard. Probably because I feel so close to her. That could be. Yeah. She has a certain look. <laughs> she does. There's there's one on the floor I'll show you later. Okay. That, that maybe is closer. Okay, thanks. What happened to all your paintings from years ago? Back when you were painting in New York and California? And I, we, when we left for New Mexico, uh -huh. um, I left them in a closet there. And I'm trying to think if there was any I brought to, um, to Taos. They were burnt in a, in a fire there. And I think there's one painting I did as a student, small painting that one of my kids has. Uh-huh. So most of the early work, it's, yeah, all the still lifes and Yeah, I, did, I didn't even take pictures of. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, that's one way to get rid of it, I <laughs> Yeah. Guess. And then the other fire that I had, you know, my, my house burnt down. Wow. And that was way more recent. We're talking yeah, that, about. Yeah, but but there were there were some drawings of of my husband's and some that I had, you know drawings of the kids that were just in a sketchbook. Uh -huh. They're gone. Uh -huh. He was much better at drawing. Too bad he doesn't pursue his art. You're talking about Lionel. Oh, Lionel. Yeah, okay. yeah. And the other, my first husband, uh -huh. he and his second wife both do are both. After raising a big family of their own, they, they are both artists and... Working artists. Working artists, yeah. So, I understand that the paintings you're doing are mostly, right now, for yourself, your family. Yeah. And practice. Right, I feel like a student all over again. And the sewing that you're doing now is for what? Well... I put my um, uh, fabric scapes, uh -huh. which some of them get pretty abstract. You wouldn't recognize them as mountain ranges, even. Some of them are water, underwater things. They're for, they're for sale at my daughter's shop. Um, and then I make aprons. I have loads of fabric, and I love to put colors together, so I make aprons for her to sell. Potholders, potholders, and that is um, supplementary income. Nice. And your daughter's shop is the Laurel River Store, which on is twenty-five seventy, uh, five miles, five minutes before Hot Springs, at the Laurel River. There, right? The wonderful coffee shop. Yes, at the yes. corner of. I guess that's. 2570 and, and 209. 209 on the way to yeah. Hot Springs. Yeah, lots of local art and crafts. Uh-huh. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I don't know if it always hangs in the same place, but last time I saw Mary's art in there, it was walk in the door, turn around, and look above the door. And that's where your art was. That's right. Is that <laughs> yeah. where it is? Still yeah. Still there, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see the aprons, though. They're um, kind of facing a window... Towards hot springs. <laughs> Sometimes they're hanging around or outside. Yeah. Okay. They're the only aprons in the store so far. But is that does it seem to be a effective place for artists to sell? I think so. Shouldn't be the only place. 
Mm-hmm. Because people mostly come in for coffee, but um, sometimes for gifts. There's wonderful gifts there. Uh-huh. And is that the only place you want to sell your work? Yeah, I don't feel confident enough to approach anybody else. <laughs> I just, um, let's see, I tried that. I, I'm making baby quilts, but um, that I, rec- I realize people don't want to pay near as much as the time you put in for, um, for sewn objects, probably even painted objects. I mean, handmade things. Uh-huh. That people look for a deal. Uh-huh. A lot of times they do. And the amount of work I've seen, the quilts that you do, the amount of work that goes into them is amazing. And I know you use them as family gifts. And yeah. it would be yeah. hard to sell I'd them. I'd rather if, give them away. Yeah. Um, I love this story. When we were in Colombia and going to come home, my husband wanted to buy a handwoven poncho for his brother. And the woman who made it was selling it, and he, she said, I, I think it was 30 pesos, and he said, 25, and she said, 32, and he said, <laughs> 27, and she said, 37. She just, <laughs> she kept she, going up. Yes, she valued her work, that's and I think great. that's, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I yeah, love that story. Unless you really have to. <laughs> Unless you have to go down. Yeah. yeah. Don't take the deal. That's right. So he had to go back the next day and buy it from her brother yeah. and give her what the, bro- what the brother asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. That is good. So do you have an art collection? Do you like to buy I, art? Yeah, I love to. I mean, I can't spend much, but when I, I, I got a um, Joe Dudasic and a Brit Oi and a Mary Brumo. Mopin. Uh-huh. I've got your um, calendars. You shouldn't have given me the calendars. I would have had to buy one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all Happy I have, to though. Give it to you. I think that's all I have, yeah. Is there anybody you can think of whose art you would love to have? Oh, gosh. Anybody. <laughs> I'd have to think about it. I, I'd have to think about it, yeah. Big decision. Yeah, because my house is so cluttered, you know, with stuff on the walls. That, um, and my budget is very tiny. So, so would, I would surprise myself. Uh, is there anybody you can think of that you'd like to study with? Uh, yeah, I want to study with Paula Parker. I hope I make time to do that before she retires. For watercolors? For oil. Oh, for oil. Did she and teach And drawing, oils? yeah. Uh-huh. She has a studio class. Um, but I, I make plans to travel right. a lot, so I never know what I'm, when I'm going to be home. I did take a, a class with Peter Lower and one with Ursula um, Gullop. Uh-huh. And that was great. I think classes are, are great, you know, to hear, to get criticism or... Um, just the freedom and to, and to be with other people, see what they're doing. Have you ever thought about teaching? No, I'm not a, I'm, I don't, I don't have the confidence to teach, I don't think. Not for you. I think a lot of people would love to learn how you do those quilts. Oh, well, 
No one's asked me. They're welcome to come, <laughs> come sit with me if they like. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody may take you up on that. All right. <laughs> Do you think, is there anything I have not asked you about your art that would round out the picture? I can't think of anything. I'm just, I'm... um grateful for friends who have encouraged me to do it, kind of really push me along, because I can slip into doing more comfortable things like sewing. Mm -hmm. But I really love, um, I love painting. And I love learning, Uh learning what, what colors happen and, you know, relearning things. While you're doing the work you make. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have, it's so good to have that support of your friends who value your work. That's really great. How have they encouraged you? How has that happened? Well, you have with, um, I think, what did you say, just like an hour or something, just put in some time. Mm-hmm. Ursula even refined that with just 15 minutes a day. Oh. You know, we did self-portraits. Just... um and it's just giving yourself 15 minutes because I, I like to do other things too. I like to get outside when it's pretty. I like to um, swim and and read and sew. And and uh, if I think I don't have a lot of time, well, a little time will do. I love this snow. A little time turns into a lot of time. Uh-huh. You know, you find you, you find you're working on something two hours later. Yes, yes, I've had that too. So one way you've been encouraged is to learn to be consistent, even if it's a small amount of time, just to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Some diff- a lot of discipline is involved if you're going to improve. Is there any practice, other, practice. other advice you would give to other artists? Well, I like <laughs> this point. I'm enjoying just doing it for myself. I don't um, I don't think anybody has any expectations of me and if if they do, um, it doesn't matter. I just really only have to do what I'm enjoying. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful place to be, to not yeah. worry what people think of what you're doing, whether it sells, where it's showing, not worry about any of that and just it sounds like you're just enjoying the creative process. Yeah. That's a great place yeah. to be. So that would be your advice for others. Yeah, I see I think of that with musicians, how they get lost in their music. And I wish I could play music. And I realize I'm never gonna be able to play music because I won't put in the time. Mm-hmm. But I will maybe put in the time for painting and um and I'll en- I enjoy it I don't always enjoy the product at the end I'd like it to be you know to be better but um with practice it might get better yeah it should get that's better. the only way it's going to get better actually if I do it <laughs> that's right I'm sure you've seen some improvement already sometimes and you have some good training it sounds like yeah, and uh, I should take more classes because I, yeah, painting with other people and they talk about what they've learned and I, 
can le- I'm learning from them too. There's so many things that we tell ourselves we should do too. I think about that. I mean, how many times have you and I said we would paint, get together and paint? Uh-huh. And how many times have we done it? I know. I know. But, yeah, I'm surprised that I'm um, enjoying painting with a couple of other women, usually once a week, for three hours. And um, actually, we work. That's great. Yeah. That can be inspiring. Uh-huh. Motivational. Yeah. But the mo- it's but the most part is done by myself by yourself yeah i'm thinking about just something that came to mind before two very big aspects of your life are children and grandchildren and you mentioned travel in addition to your mm-hmm. art and we've already talked about how your children and grandchildren have inspired your artwork but i'm wondering about the traveling if that has or if you see a way it could now that you're actively pursuing your art so I know you actively pursue your travels yeah that's I can't see it I don't know I've, I'm just like I painted a um, landscape from pictures these women that I paint with they paint from photographs of places They've never been. Mm-hmm. And a, a teacher told them that. Um, if you see photographs of something, someplace you'd like to go to, but you realize you probably never will, why not paint it in a way that takes you there? Uh-huh. You know, photograph has that way of doing that, too. And when you travel, you don't... It's unusual, unless you're on a painting trip, to... To be able to paint while you're there, you take photographs. Uh-huh. But you can re- you revisit places when you paint them, and there's that slow process. You're visiting, and you're also creating something new. Uh-huh. Do you take photographs while you're traveling yeah. with the mind to paint them? Well, I haven't, but I'm look. I'm going back through old photographs of places I've been, and I. I've started to put, like Bonard or Vuillard, um, people, you know, paint those as a whole. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Either just the landscapes or the people in the landscapes or in the interiors. Yeah, I see value in paintings as paintings. Yeah. I used to, while I was raising a family, it had to be functional. Even if the quilt wasn't that pretty, at least it would keep somebody warm. I always had that. Um, need for function. Uh-huh. Very well Now stated. I see beauty as function in itself, like music or just a painting on the wall. So now you can paint what you want to paint, create it to look the way you want it to look. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be for a reason other than choosing to and enjoying it. Yes. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing some more of these paintings you've been talking about, and I hope you'll let me put some of them on the podcast blog so others can enjoy them, too. Sure. Do you have if your you own website? To. Thank you. No, you no. Have your own? no. 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 Uh-uh. Does that not interest you Facebook is enough of a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, there's just too much on there. Yeah. 
you don't so, feel no, what, need no to website. show. No, I don't feel a need to show. I don't feel, mm -hmm. I don't feel I'm ready at all. <laughs> I better hurry up. <laughs> but huh. it, it's, it is what it is. Well, I really appreciate your granting me this time to talk to you about your backgrounds and your art and honored that you will allow me to put some of your pieces on the podcast blog. Thank you very much. Well, I'm honored that you're interested. <laughs> very, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I learned a lot about you today, actually. Thank you. Well, I'm so anxious to end this interview so that you can show me your work. Okay. All okay. Right. The end. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Check out the show notes at localhearted.com slash Mary Phyllis, and Phyllis is spelled F-I-L-I-S-S. -S. During the interview, Mary mentioned that she doesn't have a website, which is still the case. So the Local Hearted podcast blog is really the only place online to see her work right now. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Meredith Adler for the Local Hearted podcast. And the podcast theme music... Learning to Fly is courtesy of and copyrighted by singer, songwriter, performing artist, Jamie Noder-Thomas. <laughs>